This is going to be about my sixth time to speak this week or seventh. I've been preaching revival up uh, above Mount Ida, a little church up there. We had some really good nights of revival up there. Sure did. If you got to come, I appreciate it. And what I liked about it was we had so many area churches come to uh, up there to that. We had like 12 come to that. And um, it, it was really good to see them churches come out and support in that community like that. Amen. So I preached one night, the last night I preached on digging ditches, and I'm going to use a little bit of that sermon today for this because I, I believe our church is in the same boat. Uh, we still, no matter how big or small your church is, we still, you still have to use faith. Amen? No matter how, what your resources are, God still wants us, whether you've got a lot of resources or very little, it still takes faith. And I titled this, Show Me Your Faith, and this is a statement that Jesus made to four guys. In this scripture, I'm going to be reading Mark chapter 2. It's about four guys that had... What I like about these four guys is they had a burden for their friend. No matter what it took, they were going to get him to Jesus. And sometimes we got to get... Sometimes God, we got to get in that, that spiritual part of us. We've got to get to Jesus no matter what it takes. We've got to find him and fall down on our knees and just call out to him. And there's times... That we need to do that. I know pride gets in the way. And I know some of us aren't little enough to get big enough sometimes. Amen. But sometimes you've got to put all that away and step out on faith and say, Jesus, uh, no matter what storm you're in, no matter what valley you're in, sometimes all you can say is just Jesus. Amen. I love that song on that. So if you have your Bibles, let's stand this morning. I want to read these 12 verses. We'll see how my... If y'all would have heard me Tuesday night... By the time I preached about the fourth night, couldn't talk, my voice is back, and, and uh, just pray that God keeps it strong, amen? I know, it's one of them yelling preachers. Look at Mark chapter 2 here. I love this story, it says, and again, he entered Capernaum, talking about Jesus, and some, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Isn't it great when Jesus is in the house? I knew I'd get an amen on that. Immediately, many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. I'd like to have a Sunday like that. Wouldn't y'all like to have that come to preaching and can't even get in? The, there are people standing in the front door. This house was full that Jesus was preaching in. It says they were full to the door. And he preached the word to them. Now in verse 3, then he came. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when, and, when, and when they could not come near him, because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? For who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or say, Arise and take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. 
Immediately he arose and took up the bed, and he went out of the presence of, all, of them all, so that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, I love this, we've never seen nothing like this. Isn't that amazing? Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We just, uh, Lord, just a privilege to be in your presence. And, and Lord, I pray that you would just uh, use these words today, use your word to be sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, let it be an encouraging word and a loving word. But also, Lord, let it be a convicting word today in our hearts and just draw us all closer to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I love this story about the four men. But as I, this week I, I found another story I was reading uh, about how Christians get sometimes with their faith. There was a new basketball coach that came uh, and took over this high school basketball team, and it was his first practice to coach. And he got the boys in the, uh, on the court, and he was walking around talking to them, and he said, guys, listen, here, for today, for our first practice, I would like you to shoot the ball from where you think you're going to be playing at. And so he, they all rode the balls out there on, on the rack, and they all got them a basketball, and they went to shooting. Well, one guy, Levi, got up, and he walked straight over to the bench. He sat down and started shooting from the bench. And the coach went over and asked him, said, what are you doing? He said, well, coach, you told us to go shoot from where we thought we'd be shooting at from the game. And this is all I've ever been is a bench warmer and substitute and sit on a bench. So I figure I'll just keep practicing from the bench. And as I read that, that's the way a lot of Christians are. We don't have enough faith to believe that God can change us. Amen. Or enough faith that we don't have to be, we don't have to sit on the sidelines with God. A lot of us practice where we've always been. But God wants to take us to a new level and, it's, and that determines our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Bible also says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You, you were saved by faith, amen? You, you were saved by faith and, and God expects us. That. We think that that's just a one-time dose of faith. That we used, that was faith. Listen, that was evidence not seen when you got saved. Unless you was at the foot of the cross and I didn't know it, Jesus died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Listen, people uh, in the past, uh, in the Old Testament on up to the cross, they looked forward by faith, by accepting Jesus as the coming Messiah that was going to die on the cross for their sins. From the point of the cross all the way to the present in 2014, we look back on the cross and say, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Amen? It's faith either way. When you got saved, you use faith. And we think that it's a one-time deal. It's a, just a dose of faith we use to, to, to gain eternal life. And God wants us to live by faith day by day by day. He wants to move us from faith to faith, it says in Romans. From level to level. He wants us to grow in our faith. And so many times I think we got churches and, and Christians that just, you know, no matter what their past is, no matter where God's brought them from, no matter how many victories, they go to the bench to shoot the ball because that's the only place they know to play from. God wants us to play through victory and faith through Him. Amen? He gives us that victory to walk through Him. And, and so today, Jesus may be asking us the same as He was the four, the four, four guys that, that brought their friend, show me your faith. Last week, did God ask you, show me your faith? Show me your faith. And that's what God is asking these four men. Can you go to that, Michelle, in, in Mark chapter 2? 
I love this. I wrote this down. Martin Luther King said this. He said, faith is, ta- is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Amen? Faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised if God hands you a shovel too. That's exactly what these guys did. I love these four men's faith. Faith, in, in Mark chapter 2, these guys came, as Jesus came into Capernaum to preach, and, where, and the crowds were already getting bigger, and Capernaum was not too far from Nazareth. It was a, a fishing town. It was right by the Sea of Galilee, so that's, Jesus loved to be around fishermen. Amen, fishermen? Oh, that was weak. I figured, him, I, I give y'all one shot, fishermen, and you didn't jump on it. I mean, you should have shouted the roof out this place. He loved fishermen, so he hung around in Capernaum in this fishing village and he went to this house and was preaching and all of a sudden people were coming and hearing the word because it says in in, in verse 2 that he preached to them. They wasn't doing some fall festival. He was preaching. Can you imagine today? God can still fill a house through preaching. Amen. Churches try new and inventive ways to get people from church. They'll come if God's man is preaching the word. They'll come to the house. The house was filling up all the way to the door. They tried to open the door and the guy goes, you can't get in here, man. We're we're full house. It's a full house. Can't even step in. Well, we got our friend here. He's He's been crippled all of his life and we're trying to get him into the master, into the Messiah. If he can just speak a word on him, we got faith he can be healed. We have seen other people in other towns that have been healed from blindness and, and cripples and, and all of this. We, we know he's fed people using fish and bread. Over 5,000. We just want to get our friend in there. We got faith. Now here, I love this part because this is where most Christians stop in their faith. As soon as they open the door and they get their guy on the stretcher, little homemade stretcher, they turn around and say, hey man, we're full. Jesus is preaching in the house and the house is full. Y'all going to come back Tuesday night to revival service. Amen. Come on back. They could have said, man, I can't believe the house is full. We got there. I told you to get ready earlier. Amen. I mean, I told you we was going to get late. We got in the camel chariot and drove down here. We're 15 minutes late. We can't even get Bob in here to get healed today. You've got to have an imagination like me. Amen. If you can't have fun preaching God's word, just sit soaking sour is all I can tell you. Amen. And then... And then as they come up out of the door, and they're sitting there, it's too full. Now, here's where most Christians, this, that's where their faith stops. They could have said, well, we'll come back or catch you tomorrow. They didn't. They said, guys, listen, this is Jesus in the house. The doctors hadn't been able to heal him for years. There's no medical uh, answer for him. We've got to get him to Jesus, not tomorrow, not next week, not when he comes through preaching another revival, not when he's out in the boat. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We've got to get to him. And this is, you've got to get to that point in your spiritual walk sometimes if you want to experience Jesus in a real way. You can't just keep putting him off and putting him off. Oh, well, we'll catch him next week. Hey, what I got, my need, and the hurts that I have in my life, can't wait no longer, Jesus. I've got to get to you. And it says they went around to the top and they looked at the house. And, and back in these days, the roofs were flat. And they went up and it was a flat roof. And as they're standing above now, they're standing above all of the crowd in the house. And Jesus is just a preaching to them inside the house. And all of a sudden, 
dirt starts falling in their hair. Amen? And they look up and there's a little shovel coming through the roof. And they're prying it up to see. Back in these days, the roofs were made out of dirt and clay and leaves and branches and, and a few beams. These guys here said, man, we're not taking no for an answer, Jesus. And he says that they kept digging in the top of that roof, throwing the dirt to the side, and they made a hole big enough that they took their buddy, the four guys, and tied ropes onto his stretcher and led him down to Jesus. The Bible says, while Jesus was preaching, he looked up. And about 100 more people in that house. They all looked up and seen the dirt. Here comes a crippled guy on ropes. And, and then there's always the religious people. I can't believe they just tore the roof in the church. I can't believe they let him down through, by, through Jim's house. He, he just paid this off. And they're letting him down through the roof. That's the religious people. That's the way they think. Instead of saying, praise God, they're going to get him Jesus one way or another. They start making excuses how much it's going to cost. What are we doing? This is all wrong. It's not by the schedule or the bulletin. What are you doing? And they let him down all the way to the floor. Let me read this. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed which the paralytic was lying. In verse 5, this is where I come my sermon. When G- and he said to the paralytic, Sons, your, let's go back. Yeah, your, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. And I love this part. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, as they let him down, the, the, the religious people and the Pharisees and all these highfalutin church folks thought that Jesus was going to stop and say, Hey, we're having church here. We're worshiping God. If you want, we'll, 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 we'll talk about this after services, but you're interrupting us. That's what the Sadducees and Pharisees thought. Jesus said he looked up and seen him coming down, and when he hit the ground, he said, Man, I've seen no greater faith or in this building tonight. Show me your faith. He says, These guys just let their buddy down through the roof to me. And then, but here's, here's, here's what's so neat about Jesus. This is how powerful he is. The Pharisees didn't speak this publicly and say, I mean, they weren't even doing it under their breath, like some church members. Amen? Don't think I ain't pastored a while. They weren't going, man, I can't believe this. He's, he's stopping preaching for this guy. Man, they're tearing the roof up. I just, oh, it's going to cost us. We're going to have to board meeting next week and see how much money we got in the finances now to pay for this guy's house, but he's probably not covering. They didn't say that out loud. They were thinking it and reasoning it in their hearts. Jesus knew, that, no, that's why it's how powerful Jesus, he knows the intents of our hearts and why we do them. They never spoke any word against nobody. They were sitting there going, ooh, 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 thinking it. And Jesus looks over and says, listen guys, I hear y'all <laughs> reasoning in your hearts, wondering why this guy's being let down. And he said, I've seen no greater faith than these guys right here. He said, What's easier for, for the Son of God to forgive sins or to heal a crippled man? You can't say that. You can't, you can't heal. If, if you can forgive sins, that means you're God. Then he said, well, 
If it means I'm God, I'm God. But he said, listen, if, if, if what's easier for me to say forgive your sins or rise up and take your bed and walk? Well, you, you can't be saying forgive your sins because, uh, you know, God can only do that. He said, okay, then take your bed up and walk. The guy raises up. I, I can just imagine he felt some warmth coming over his body. And he stood up and, man, he goes, wow. He grabs his bed and he just walks out over on Jesus, man. Walks to Jesus and says, Thank you, Master. Love you, buddy. I'll be back in a little bit. Says he was jumping and shouting, and you would be too if you was crippled all your life. And all of a sudden, Jesus spoke a word, and you were healed. Listen, guys, we don't get we're, we're afraid in church to get excited about spiritual things and what Jesus is doing in other people's lives. We get excited when he. It's hard sometimes for us to get excited when he does things in our lives. And I always thought, wow. This guy's excited, but he had a reason to be. You've been laying in a bed for 20, 30 years, and Jesus speaks a word and says, take up your bed and walk, and all of a sudden you get healed. You're not going to go, thank you, dear Jesus. I'll be back to church tomorrow. He's a good man. This guy going like, hey, guys, look here. <laughs> I can jump. I can turn around, I can run. Man, this is great. I'm getting my bed and I'm gone. I'm fixing to go tell everybody what Jesus has done for me. And he left the house and it says he left the presence of all the, in the presence of all the people, glorifying not the four buddies, not the house, but Jesus. And then at the end of this, they say, wow. You know, you'd think the whole crowd would be clapping. They all go, oh, we've never seen nothing like this. Well, of course you have it. It's Jesus. Amen? See, here's the deal. For us to experience Jesus and to step out on faith, James 2.26 says, faith without works is dead. Now, nobody is saved through works. There's nothing you can work hard enough and be good enough and go to church a million times to go to heaven. That is not what... But listen... He's, James is saying in that chapter 2, show me your faith by your works. Show me some evidence that salvation come to your house. Show me some evidence that you're a child of God. Show me your faith. That's what Jesus was asking. Faith without works is dead. Now, here's the deal. A lot of us come to church. A lot of us get inspired by the Word of God when we read it at home. When we hear a preacher preach, uh, you get expired, uh, expired, you're probably going to get expired, inspired, if I keep preaching very long, y'all going to be expired, amen, but you get inspired by the word of God, I mean, it gets on the inside of you and you're just going, man, I got to change the things in my life, God is really speaking to me. I'm going to help out in church in this area. I'm going to help brother so-and-so. We're going to do this. We're going to start this ministry. Man, I, you're just inspired. But see, that's where a lot of Christians, that's as far as their faith is, is just being inspired. Just knowing about church and knowing about Jesus and having a lot of head. God doesn't want us to be just inspired by His Word. God wants us to participate with His Word. These guys heard the same preaching they heard it from Jesus himself, the master preaching. It said that he was preaching in the room, in the house. He was preaching. 
And they're hearing this and they're hearing about his power and how he can heal. And he's probably giving testimony services and they're going, wow, I'm inspired. We got to do something. We'll, we'll bring him back tomorrow night. No, their inspiration moved from inspiration to participation. That's what true faith does. True faith, it, it, we get inspired through faith in Christ, but it participate. You got to get up and move. These guys put some feet to their faith. Can you imagine what would happen if our whole church put feet to their faith? You say, well, our church is growing, Brother George. Yes, it's doing great. But can you imagine when all of us, these guys had a burden for their buddy. They carried him to Jesus. When's the last time you carried somebody to Jesus? They knew that Jesus was the only one that could fix this man's problems and give him true peace and joy. Nothing in this world could do it. Wasn't the job that he had, wasn't the toys he could buy, wasn't the hobbies. Wasn't no, it was only Jesus was satisfying. And these guys took him. So we've got to be inspired. We do. We need to be inspired. But don't cut it off there. A lot of people leave church on Sundays being inspired. I mean, they walk out and say, Man, Brother George, that was a great sermon. It really just touched my heart. And I tell people all the time, I want to do more than just touch your heart. I want to touch your feet, your elbows, your fingers, your mouth, your whole body. Don't leave here today just inspired. Leave here, say, man, I want to participate. God, I'm ready to put myself in position to see you participate in my family, in my life. Participate with us, God. I want some of that. I want to see your power work in my life. And here's the deal. God calls us to get out more than just inspires us, wants to take action. Now, now, there's only, God does this and he has it set up this way spiritually for us. There's only so much we can do. A miracle is given by God. But listen, to get a miracle, you've got to have a bunch of little faith-filled steps to bring that miracle on of obedience. You've got to have faith and obedience and little steps to see your miracle come to pass. This miracle wasn't about healing Physically, It was about spiritually the man coming to Jesus and being saved. Born again. Seeing his sins forgiven. God, listen, Jesus never did just a miracle without changing a person on the inside. Because if not, all we would want is just miracle, miracle, miracle. I don't want to participate. Just heal me. Amen? That's the way the world is today. They want stuff for free. Oh, I don't want to work for it. The government give it to me. <laughs> That's just our human nature. We want stuff for free, and then we get something for free, and He wants us to participate because it's free. It's called grace. It's called forgiveness of sins. Salvation is free. But everything after that, you've got to work for it. I don't agree with that, Brother George. Well, that's why you're walking here all soured up. If you want joy, get, get rid of some of them joyless friends you're hanging around. Wipe some out on Facebook. Get rid of them. Put yourself in the right position to participate, to experience the power of God in your life. Amen? We gripe and complain and moan because our life is this way. You need to cut out some stuff, baby. Instead of just being inspired, participate. 
with God when He convicts and moves you, participate. Step out on faith. And so, here they are, and God does this to us. He, he tells us, listen, He expects us to step out on faith and, 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 and participate and do what we can do. Human. God sets it up that way. There's a gap in between our walk, then there's a gap, and then here's the miracle. Over on this side of the gap is this is what God wants us to do, not just be inspired, but to participate. Step out on faith. Do this. My brother George, I'm looking for a job and I've been praying by the faith and praying in the name of Jesus. That was pretty good, wasn't it? If I had an organ going, I could really preach, amen? Mm. But there's a step that Jesus asks us. I'm having fun. I've been in revival. I don't know about y'all, but I'm having fun. But here we are in our walk. God asks us to do what we can do. Well, Brother George, I, I'm looking for a job. And I've been praying in the name of Jesus. I've been covering it in the blood. The women come over and prayed for me. Amen. You're getting inspired. But the Holy Spirit wants you to get up out of your couch and fill out an application. Amen. I hear people all the time, God don't answer my prayers. What have you been doing? Man, we've been praying for a miracle for a year and on our job and my family and our situation. What you been doing? Praying. No, you're just inspired. But God wants you to be more than just inspired by His Word. He wants you to participate. Faith without works is dead. So go fill that application. Amen. Do this. Throw some in. And then all of a sudden, God, listen, here's how it happens. You do all that, we get up to this gap right here. It's just an open gap. And then here's your miracle, or in this case, could be your job. Amen. So you do all you can do over here on, on the human side, possibly. You're stepping out on faith. You're believing. Evidence of things. I mean, you, I mean, you're just believing. Faith, oh, it's just faith, faith, faith. But you're also going and putting applications in, doing this. Hey, somebody at church told me to talk to so-and-so, and, and he opened the door. That's how God opens doors. You've got to peek around the corner every now and then, friend. <laughs> You've got to peek around the corner in your hallway. And so you get right up to the edge, and that's as, well, that's as far as I can go. I, I mean, I, I've done it. I've faith and works. I, I've done them both together. And you get right up to the spot where this spot is all supernatural. God wants us to get up to that spot because He wants us to do all we can do. Amen? All we can do in faith and then put it in His hands to create. Because the miracle don't come from us. It's supernatural power from above. You say, well, what kind of miracle is that? I mean, my friends, uh, so-and-so called me and told me to come in for an interview Monday, but I don't know. Guys, listen. God opened doors for that. I'm thankful for the doors that God opened, and I'm thankful for the doors that God shuts. Amen? That's His job to open and close them. Our job is to step in on faith. Now, He may shut it, but it's our job to step out on faith. And so we get right at this point, the miracle happens, then God all of a sudden transcends us spiritually right over and lets us walk in our miracle. But that place there has to be filled in with the supernatural power of God Himself first before we can experience the miracle. 
Now, God didn't do that. Now, what does that do to your faith? It causes you to trust God next time when something happens and you need something else to do something. You don't just all of a sudden say, oh, I don't know what to do. I got to get on Facebook and call my friends. I'm going to start gossiping on Facebook about everything, how bad I got it. Oh, don't you love them people? I mean, they can't put nothing good on there about how God's blessing them, the job they had, thanks for their kids. I tell you what, my boss at work, if, if he comes with me that look tomorrow night, I'm slapping his face off his head. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm fixing to clean my Facebook. I'm going to clean out. I know who loves me and who don't. I mean, that's all they put on there. God wants to get us up right to here and he... Listen, he bridges over the supernatural power so we can walk into that miracle, but we had to prepare ourselves for the miracle. And I, and I preach this all the time in this church. If you want to see God move more in this church, we've got to prepare ourselves more than just being inspired on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. Listen, I don't make nobody mad in here this morning. I try not to. If you don't, I mean, y'all need to read Casey's post he put on about preaching the truth. I'll share it today so all of y'all can read it. It was good. But I never get up here on, I never get up here to offend somebody and make them mad. And I know there's been some people that have left church here. I'll tell you what, I just don't like what he says. I'm sure we lost some people that day. I said, please do not get up and walk out during imitation. It's God's time. I've had some people come back to me and say, well, we're not coming back here. Well, that's fine, God. All you was doing was being inspired. There's nothing else happening in your life. Amen? I just don't believe people are to get up when it's God's time. And I had some people tell me, so we didn't like what you said. I said, I could care less. I got to preach the truth. I'm not worried about your feelings. Amen? One day God's going to stand up there and he's going to say, George, why did you make them happy and baby and burp them and change their diaper? Well, I don't know. God wants us to hear the truth so it'll set us free. Amen? Now, where was I? Y'all done got me chasing rabbits. God wants us to be more than just inspired but to participate. See, here, I'm going to close with this statement. Seeds determine the fruit, not the fruit determine the seeds. Amen, that's good. The seed produces the fruit. So if you're sitting back whining and complaining to God, won't know why, why you're eating bad fruit all the time, what kind of seeds are you planting weeks and months and days in advance? If you Listen, if this church... And if we as individuals in this church will start planting the right seeds in advance, listen, when, it, when they grow up, they're going to produce fruit. The right fruit. But we've got to plant the seed. Well, Brother George, I want to grow. I, I want to get excited for Jesus. I, I mean, I want all this happening. I want to be... I want to step out on faith. I, I need a miracle in my life today. I need God to... I need to see God show up. What kind of seeds are you planting? Are you attending church? Let's even go before that. Are you even in prayer with God? There's a difference in believing God and stepping out on faith with God. The Bible says in James that demons even believe there's a God. Everybody says, well, I believe in God. Isn't that enough? No. <laughs> the, de the demons themselves know there's a God. 
They believe they're the God. So, what kind of seed are you planting this morning? What kind of faith seed are you planting? Well, Brother George, I, I just have to see it or I, I, I just can't believe. Then how did you ever get saved? Or are you even saved? Amen? You've got to plant a seed, back up, participate, do all you can do, be obedient, take small steps of faith, and God will span the supernatural for you with His power for you to walk in and experience what He has for us. But you will never will if you don't plant the right seeds. Well, I want some good friends. I tell you what, I got, I'm, I'm surrounded in negativity. Well, go back and pick up your seeds that are negative and feed them to another bird. Amen? Quit throwing out negativity and gospel and expecting to have good godly friends that's going to tell you the right direction to go in your life and give you wise wisdom advice. They're not going to. So you've got to sow the right seeds to eat the right fruit. Amen? Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I pray that you'll be with our church and continue to help us step out on faith. Not just to be inspired here on Sundays, but Lord, to actually leave this building and to participate in your word with your convictions. Lord, whatever the convictions you laid on our hearts, I, I don't know what the convictions are on the hearts of the people today. Everybody, God deals with differently. Everybody has different issues, different challenges and but Lord, I pray that you'll speak to each individual today. Lord, I pray that you'll do more than just see them leave here today inspired by your word and the worship and the experience we've had in this building. Lord, let it be more than just inspirational. But Lord, let it get in deep to our hearts and cause us to step out on faith today and start planting the right seeds to produce the right fruit. Lord, help us to discern between good seeds and bad seeds. But Lord, I ask today that each and every one would just step out, come to this altar, and bring their seed of faith. And lay it upon the altar. Put feet to their faith. Lord, give us a burden this morning to have faith. Give us a burden for this church and this ministry. Give us a burden like these four guys that we need to bring someone to Jesus. There's someone in our neighborhood and our family that needs Jesus. Lord, let us sow the seeds of faith today. Lord, have your way in this altar call. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Let's all stand. Right where you're at, as I said a while ago, this isn't about the whole crowd. When it comes to invitation time, this is Jesus standing with His arms wide open, and He's looking at you. He's not looking at your wife. He's not looking at your children, the person behind you. He wants to know, show me your faith today. That's what Jesus is asking all of us. Show me your faith. When's the last time you stepped out in faith toward Jesus and put it in His hands? Amen. That's what God's calling us all to do today as we sing.